So I just wanted Nikki to kind of introduce herself, uh, and then she's going to tell us a little bit about some of the things that are on our hearts to do. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I don't even know where to begin. Steve told me he was going to interview me, which was going to be easier for me, but that's now clearly not happened. All right, okay. Um, so I am wife of Jake, mum of Noah and Asa, um, and I think that's, yeah, thanks for the wee for him. Uh, I think that's a good place to start with what I do for my work now as well, which is um, family support manager for Safe Families for Children. And I got that job, I'll tell you that story a different way uh, another time, um, completely unexpectedly got that job. <laughs> um, don't think I was qualified on paper at all, but clearly qualified uh, by God to get that job. So um, I visit families who are in need of some befriending, is the general gist. Um, we get a referral from children's services, and it could be anything from an emergency hosting where a mum needs to go into hospital to have an operation. She's got no support network around her, so there's no one else to have her kids. Um, we have volunteers who are trained and DBS checked to ensure that they can look after those children for a short amount of time. Um, we keep them out of foster care, therefore. We keep them in a family environment um, and we just show them that they're loved. A lot of these families obviously don't necessarily know Christ or the church in any way, so we get to show them that as well, which is amazing. Um, the other sort of stream of what we do is a more long-term less frequent um, interaction where it might be a volunteer goes into the family home weekly, fortnightly, monthly um, and just gets alongside the family if they're having a bit of a tough time. Quite often it can be there's a child with additional needs um, and that child takes up a lot of time for the family. Um, the other children might not get much attention from mum and dad because the child with additional needs often takes a lot of the time. Um, so we can do one of two things. We can look after the child with additional needs. We can look after the children that don't um, and take them out, have lots of fun, get them alongside another family. Quite often we have families of similar age children sort of pair them up, um, build them into an, a community. Um, a great example of that, we've got a family in Kings Heath who um, it started in the sort of hosting way. So mum was having a, another baby. Um, the family were befriended by a couple who lead Church on the Heath, if you know them. And um, they actually started a kids' work in their church because of this family. So that's incredible. Um, but we have a lot of families around the county who still need volunteers, um, so we'll plug that later. Um, but I go out and visit the families, get to know them, find out what they really need, what support do they require. Um, and a lot of the time it is mum needs someone to talk to. Um, someone to sit and have a coffee with once a week, you know, for an hour. Um, quite often when I go and do my visits, it's usually an hour, two hours when I go into the family home. But those mums, and it is generally mums, I'm, I, I mean, I work with a dad, but for the vast majority it's mums. Um, they just want to offload to someone and let it out and go, this really sucks some days. And to have somebody go, yeah, it does. Um, but it's okay and you're doing really well and you are a great mum. Um, and I think that's changed my parenting quite a lot. I'm going to do the weep now, but excuse me. Um, for those who know me longer, I always cry when I'm up here. Um, it, makes it, um, it makes it really special when you see families doing really well and actually 
I don't know how many times you see a family that are struggling in the street and you think, oh, that noisy child. But actually what's going on behind all of that is a mum that is doing her best. Or a dad. Don't get me wrong, I know it's the dads as well. Um, so it's really important. If you see those families in the street, I challenge you to big them up. And just whisper to that mum or dad, you're doing really well. Because actually that might be the nicest thing she's heard all day. Um, I visited a mum in Briar Hill a couple of weeks ago. And um, she is on her own with one little girl who's about eight. Um, she homeschools, so they don't have a huge amount of any other contact with anybody. And there's a lot of reasons why that happens. Um, it was her birthday the day before I went. It was her 40th birthday. So when I went, I took a card and some flowers. And when I got there and gave these to her, she burst into tears. And it was only the third card she had received for her birthday. And one of them, one of the other cards, she didn't really even want because it was from somebody that was actually being malicious in sending this by saying, I'll send you a card, but I'm not going to let your other children send you a card. So there are people around and about our town who just need a lot of love and a bit of TLC. And I think our church is really good at that. So there's a lot of people that are available to us to love and cherish and bring into our hearts. Um, and they're actually coming to us for a change. We don't... Often we have to go and find them, don't we? And we have to try and get them in. But these people are asking for help. And I really do think that that's our calling. It's definitely mine to offer it. And the thing I find the hardest, other than my own children, is, um, is actually not being able to be the person every time that says, I'll be your volunteer. Because that's the thing I do find the hardest on my weekly visits to people is I wish I could do all of the volunteering for all of the families because I know what good stuff could happen here but I genuinely don't have time because uh, I have to look after these ones too um, and that's why I need you guys also Nikki you've been in uh, mine and Tammy's connect group uh, which is which is fun we our connect group has failed this term we've met less than we've we've met for some reason I don't know why but one of the things that you were sharing a few weeks ago was uh, just a sense of, like, injustice or something. And that stirred up a passion for you. Like, do you want to just share a little bit about that? Yeah? We're talking about the children in care thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, oh, I don't know how to start. Let me just try and make it make sense. Um, something that I've come to realise in the few short months I've worked to save families is that there's a missing gap in um, families or, again, particularly women <laughs> that are support not supported. Um, and that is... Sorry, I'm just about to wipe my nose. Um, they've got a few um, children already... Uh, parents who have had children already taken into care are quite often not um, supported once that happens. So basically... If a mum has a child removed for whatever reason, and I'm not going to lay any blame anywhere, um, the chances are the next one will be removed. That mum is then bereft and bereaved, and there is no support other than universal services like your GP. You will get more support if you leave prison. Sorry about that. Um, if you um, have a child removed, you are likely, statistically, to want another one. I think we can all understand why that would be. Um, 
there are families that have babies 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 removed because they want that baby, but they just can't quite get it right. Um, and so my future passion, in some way, I want it to revolve around um, supporting a, a mum and dad where a child has previously been removed. Um, they need advice. They need help. They need intensive change in their lives. Um, and at the moment, as far as I can find, there is one charity in the country that works with people in that situation. Um, and at the moment, they're based in Hackney, but they're trying to do some satellite projects into other parts of the country, um, which I'd love to be involved in somehow. Um, but if, if we can support that mum knowing how to get it right with baby number two, you know, not even further down the line. Um, that will then reduce the flow of children into care as well because there are not just going to be children born for the hope of clinging on to that baby, knowing that it's going to be removed as well. Um, so, oh, just spotted Harry and Anya's arms. That baby, for another woman, would have been removed at the point of birth. And I just don't think that's right. You know, we're getting something wrong. Um, and we've written them on. We really need to focus on that somehow. Um, and I think it could be part of safe families. But we don't get referred those women very much because they will hide their pregnancy because they want to keep that baby until it's too late and that baby's already caught ordered to leave. So, yeah, my hope and my passion is that that work will exist in and around Northampton in the not-too-distant future. Thanks, Nikki. Give her a round of applause. <laughs> Nikki, Nikki, don't go away. I'll let you introduce your colleague. So, um, I started in Safe Families in December. The lovely Olivia started for Safe Families the August two years ago, so two years ago. Um, and when I go and visit the families and stuff, Liv will try and get to know the volunteers and recruit new volunteers for me to then attach to families. Use. To use you. Um, so she's going to come and talk to you a little bit about what that looks like. Um, if anything I've said has sparked any interest for you, please speak to either of us at the end. You can email us or, wh or whatever if you don't have time to hang about at the end. But um, please just give us a consider when you think about if you could spare literally one hour a month for a family. We'd love to know that. <laughs> thank you but also if you don't want to actually chat to us at the end i've popped some of these out on the chairs now if you look at the back it's just to register your interest with us you don't have to sign up for anything it's just to say i actually want to know a little bit more you don't have to do that right now but also you don't have to do it at all if you don't want to um, so yeah, here I am. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I would say it's nice to be back, but last time I was here, you weren't here. So this is actually really exciting for me. Um, I'm going to start... Do you want me to just nod when you want to change? Okay. I'm going to start by telling you a story. Um, and I want you to um, put yourselves in the position of this girl. Now, if it's easier for you to close your eyes, please do. I'm not going to point at you and make fun of you um, and also if you know the story please don't heckle and shout out the answers because you'll ruin it for the rest of them so I want you to put yourselves in the shoes of a 17 year old girl now her family 
Um, she has a dad who works away. He's quite often in a foreign country or just away from the home for a lot of the time. She's got three brothers. She's got a twin, a brother that's two years younger than her, and a five-year-old brother. Now, so her mum so is in hospital. She, her mum has had a stroke and a heart attack in very quick succession, um, so can't actually be at home. Now, this 17-year-old girl took up care of the five-year-old, the running of the home, the school run, the cooking, the cleaning, absolutely anything you can imagine with running a family home with a five-year-old, 15-year-old, and seven, two 17-year-olds. Now, her brothers weren't a lot of help, um, as those of you who have brothers might imagine. <laughs> um, so this girl was in the midst of her A-levels, but she wasn't able to study because she was running the family home. Now, as you can imagine, she failed her A-levels. She had to restart. And actually, um, it, didn't put her, it didn't set her off a good stead with the rest of her A-levels. She felt quite down. She felt like she couldn't achieve it. She thought that she'd never go to uni and achieve all of those things. But actually, um, if, say, families had been around then... Maybe we could have put in a family friend to go around and help with some cooking or even take a meal over or maybe take the five-year-old out so she had some time to study. But all of those things um, would not have actually brought us here today because that 17-year-old was me. Um, I'm now 25. Mum is fit and well. Um, my five-year-old brother is now 13 going on 20. Um, but that's a whole other story. So actually... Quite a lot of people ask me when I go to churches, what is my passion for safe families? And that's it, it's my own family. Because I've been in their shoes, not all of them, but I know how they can struggle and actually how difficult it is to raise a child without any help. Now, my mum says that we now co-parent my 13-year-old brother, and I'm like, he's not my responsibility anymore, he's all yours, have him back. Um, as Christians... Um, I believe that we're called to share the love that God has given to us, to the people around us, and that is our community. Um, We can't forget how hospitality and hope can actually change a family's life. Um, Church does very, very well at gathering around, supporting struggling families. Um, I know in my church that when someone has a baby, there's a rotor and everybody cooks some dinner, so they don't actually have to worry about that. Um, And with Safe Families, our heart is very much the same. Um, The church is called to be there for them. And actually, there we go. I forgot to nod. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, And actually, the little things that we can do can build up to make a massive impact. So, um, (laughs) um, hospitality. Um, it says in Hebrews 13 too, that we don't, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. In Romans 12, 13, it says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. 1 Peter 4, 9 says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Now, actually, for me, that's also quite difficult because I like to grumble. <laughs> um, with Safe Families, our heart is very much the same as this. 
Uh, we want to, I didn't even have to nod, stabilise families at a time of crisis. We want to prevent child neglect and abuse. And we actually want to pre- reduce the amount of kids going into care. I've got some statistics for you later. Well, that was a bit of a... Um, which, but I won't throw numbers at you right now. I've got a little video, hopefully. Yeah. Um, just to show you actually how much hope and hospitality has changed one little boy's life. So I will let him do the talking for the next couple of minutes. I am Toby, I am six. I live with my mum, my two sisters and my baby brother. I like playing with Lego. I make cars and rockets. My dad doesn't live with us, but I sometimes see him on the weekend. My mum is busy looking after the baby. She doesn't ever play with me. She gets cross with me because I am naughty, but I can't help it. I get bored and my big sister bullies me so I fight her. Sometimes I can't hold in how I feel inside and it explodes out. Sometimes when I feel like that, I break things and get really angry. I haven't got a bed because I broke one and mummy said I couldn't have another one. I sleep on a duvet but it's wet and smelly. Sometimes I keep food in my room and hide things so I can keep them safe from my little sister. One day, things changed. A lady came to see us and played Lego with me and talked to my mum. She came every week. One day, the lady said she had a bed I could have. Mummy didn't want me to have another bed because I was naughty but the lady was sure I would look after it. I was excited. I wanted to tidy my room so it was ready for my new bed. The lady was really kind and showed me how to hoover so I tidied and hoovered my room. Then I did the hall and the stairs so the whole house would be ready for my new bed. My mum noticed I had tidied up and was really pleased with me. When the bed came it wasn't just the bed. I had new sheets, a pillow, I didn't have a pillow before, a new quilt and a cover. There was even a little toy dog wrapped up in the sheets. It was the best thing I have ever been given and it was all for me. My room looks really good and didn't smell anymore. My mum thought it was really good too. That night I got into bed and it was like sleeping in a cloud. It was so comfortable and warm. I am going to keep my room tidy forever now. The lady still comes to see us every week. Things are a bit better at home and my mummy is more happy. Now when we first watched that video there was not a dry eye in the room. (laughs) Um, The most valuable earthly possession that a person can have 
is a warm and supportive friendship. People that don't have these friendships can sometimes be a little bit upset, maybe depressed. Maybe they might just look a little bit miserable on the outside. But actually what we can do is bring them that supportive, warm friendship. What is the demonstration of Christian hospitality? I've got to throw that one out there. Um, Because actually, we might all have really different ideas as to what it is and how we can show hospitality to strangers. Um, Has anybody got any ideas? Nope, cool, okay. Um, I've got three. (laughs) Um, The first one is to have an open heart. Now, these families might be coming to us with all sorts of history and background, but actually, if we have that open heart, that non-judgmental heart, then actually, they're more willing to have support from us because they will know that actually, we're not going to judge them when we walk through the door if their house is a little bit messy. We're not going to judge them if actually they lose their temper and shout at their kids once in a while. Because that's life, that's fine. And actually, with the support and friendship that we can bring, we can help bring that down. And the second one is open hands. Now, this is the open hands to reach out to these families. And actually, if we don't have the open hands, then we're not going to get very far. Um, We want to reach out to these families. We want to bring them into community, into family, and into a better place. And the third one is open homes, much as what you think when you think here, hospitality. Um, Hospitality is more than just inviting someone to dinner because I think that's the easiest form of hospitality, is actually say, oh, yeah, come around for tea. Um, I'm going to give you some examples of families that we've got in need at the minute, and I'm going to let your minds whir and work as to see how we can actually support these families. So we've got a mum who needs help planning bedtime routines. Um, Now, I have experience with bedtime routines. It's not great. But... um, she has a six-year-old son, but actually due to his development, he's got more of a, a uh, mental age, educational age of a three-year-old. So you can imagine how difficult that is for her. So we're looking for somebody, anybody, to actually come alongside her and help her with these bedtime routines. Um, the next one we have is a mum and dad who don't have any family close by. Uh, they're all in Birmingham or around the country somewhere else. Um, they've have a daughter and a son and really want to get stuck into their local community and I actually can't think of a better way of doing that than church. Um, Church has all the links, we've got all the people, we know what we're talking about. And then we have a mum who struggles to go anywhere. Is that the one? No? Okay, we'll go with this one. Um, This is a mum in Wellingborough. She is... um, Well, like you can see, she's got a 5-year-old, an 11-month-old, and a 17-year-old in her home, and an 8-year-old. They don't really get along, Um, and like it says, she needs someone to sit with her, with her littlest one, um, and just chat to her. Maybe she's feeling isolated, she's got no one else around her, Um, and it all seems quite nice and easy when it's stuck up on there, and actually, the nitty-gritty of it, we don't really want to do. But actually, I am currently supporting a 14-year-old, soon-to-be 15-year-old. We were put in place as a post-adoption breakdown prevention service. And actually, um, I've been able to go in 
every, like on the odd occasion, I'm going to go with about once a month, I go in, sit with her, take her out, um, and do some really nice things with her because her family has all the time in the world for her and her sister and her brother, but her sister's been removed. So she sees that her sister's getting all the attention, even with the negative behaviours, but when she shows the negative behaviours, she gets the telling off. She can't see that that's fair. I know it's not fair, but actually when I take her out and give her a really fun time, her mum brings me up and is like, what did you do? And I'm like, oh, we just took her to the park, we went to the cinema, it's not that hard. And she went, she hasn't stopped smiling, she hasn't stopped talking about it. And that tiny little thing of taking her out for the afternoon has actually made such a big difference. Um, on the next slide, it's just a bit of a visual for you are the three different roles in which we have at Safe Families for you guys to be involved. I say that as if Safe Families and the church are separate, but I'll come on to that in a minute. We have a host family, which is where you have children overnight in your home. Now, on Friday, I got a phone call saying, do you know any host families that have a pregnant 16-year-old at their house? And I was like, oh, because uh, mm. normally we tell people we only work with children under 10, Children under 10, pregnant 16-year-old. But um, we have been able to host that 16-year-old. And actually, there are no bounds to what we can do. So host family is having a child, mostly, um, overnight in your home. This might be an emergency situation, so we ring you up at any time in the day and say, we need to have these children hosted by tonight. So we did have that in an instance where a mum put herself into hospital and we had to host three children um, for, I think it was seven days in total. And uh, I rang a volunteer and I said, please be Jesus for me and host these children. And he went, yeah, right, I'll have them. Brilliant. Uh, we have a family friend, which is mostly what our referrals are calling for, calling for people to be friends to these families. And actually having a cup of tea, having a chat, taking the kids out, being with mum with the kids, helping her give her some tips on the cleaning. It can make a world of difference. And then we have a resource friend, which is where we will put a request out, say, for, for the little boy in the video, we need a bed, or maybe we need some carpet to go and, and people to fit the carpet. Um, but we don't have space to store things, unfortunately. Otherwise, we'd take anything and everything that people would offer. But we will send requests out to volunteers and say, does anybody have this? Can anybody help with this? And you'll either say, yeah, I do, or ignore the email, which is fine. Um, on the next slide... I've lost where I am, so this is fine. There we go. Um... It's another little video for you. Now, this will explain all of that in a lot better, more eloquent way than I have just done. So please enjoy, and then I'll come back to you. Across the UK, some families are struggling to cope and children are going into care. Did you know there are 93,000 children already in the care system and more entering every year? Safe Families for Children trains volunteers to support struggling families. Volunteers have helped thousands of children stay at home with family members by providing a helping hand and giving families a chance to get back on their feet. With the help of Safe Families staff, volunteers engage in a variety of roles, 
Host families provide children with a safe place to stay from one night to two weeks. Family friend volunteers help families who are going through difficult times and resource friends provide needed resources and services. Volunteers are able to choose how much time they can give and when. When Safe Families for Children came to recruit volunteers, I immediately thought, well, I've got two kids and I work, so I can't do that. And my friend sat beside me has three kids and works more hours than I do, and she signed up and I thought, oh, maybe I could do that. I think what's kept us motivated is the fact that we know we're making a difference. Even just a little bit of help can just stop it tipping and it's enriched our lives, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's simple really. Maybe it's just meeting up to chat over coffee with lonely parents, lending a helping hand to make a house cosy and clean, or hosting a child overnight while mum's in hospital. It's just being there for someone when they need it. I've got four kids all together and he only had beds for the two. I was sleeping on the settee so they could have my double bed. So I told safe families about it and they there found me two single beds from some of the volunteers. If it wasn't for safe families, I just sort of struggled every day. I just was begging for respite. I wish I'd been begging for respite since I had all five of them. Sometimes you just need a break. Social work really worked hard to try and find us a little something. She just said, I've got this safe families, I'll put your name forward. And that's all happy days. <laughs> Give me a little bit of a break. At Safe Families, there is a role for everyone, no matter what your skills. To find out how you can get involved, please visit our website, www.safefamiliesforchildren.com. Or you could talk to me, because that's kind of why I'm here. Um, in the middle of all of what's going on and all of this, we can't forget the power of hope. Now, these families that we work with have none. Maybe we are their last port of call, um, the last service that social services have tried with them. Um, I want to bring to your minds the story of the woman who just touched Jesus' cloak. Um, the hope that she had in just being able to touch his cloak and have her life changed is the hope that these families are craving and we can bring that to them. Um, when our hope is placed in Jesus, absolutely anything is possible. Um, when our circumstances are dire, sometimes the only thing we have left is hope. And hope is the anticipation of a favourable outcome under God's guidance. Um, the confidence that what God has done for us in the past guarantees our participation in what God will do in the future. And somehow this woman that touched the cloak knew that he was the answer. She, she reached out to him. Um, she just had to get to Jesus. But if she was to get to him, she had to overcome the crowds of people. Now, these families, again, that we work with are surrounded by obstacles. Maybe they don't know how... They don't know what they need. They don't know who they need. And actually, they are make, trying to make their way through the crowds of people, and we are trying to make our way to them. Um, Jesus, when she touched his garment, Jesus said, Who touched me? And everyone was like, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Um, but Jesus said, No, somebody touched me. I know that the power has gone out of me. And you think, well, how can he be fussed about one person touching his touching his cloak how can that 
possibly have made a difference or changed him in any way. Why was he concerned about this one particular touch? It could have been absolutely anybody in these crowds of people that touched him. But Jesus knew that it was a touch of faith, that that woman reaching out to him was her last, her last chance. And actually, without doing that, we don't know what would have happened. Um, he knew that someone had believed in the faith that if she touched him, her life would be changed, her situations would be different. Um, I'm going to throw some statistics at you, just to make sure you're awake and actually still listening. Um, So we currently have in the UK 93,000 children in care. 43% of those children will go on to become part of the criminal justice system. And then a further 70% will go on to re-offend and stay in those systems. So I believe that as a church and as a body of people, if we can have an impact on the kids going into care right at the beginning, then maybe we can have an impact on things further down the line. So actually maybe they don't go into the criminal justice system. They don't stay in that system and stay in that cycle. Um, As an organisation, when I first came to you, we'd only just started in Northampton. And I was quite new at my job. I was really nervous when I first came to support talk to you guys. I remember shaking with the microphone. I thought, "Mm, no, not today, thank you. But actually, in that two years that we've been working in the Midlands already... We've reduced the amount of kids in care by 11.5%. It may not sound like a lot, but actually the impact that that's had is absolutely incredible. Now, I can't give you a specific for Northampton because they're currently doing their evaluation as to see what impact we have had. Now, these are our up-to-date figures, as up-to-date as June. So we have supported 1,510 families. Also, it doesn't sound like a lot when you say it, but actually the impact on one is incredible. We have used 601 churches and community groups, um, which is 3,218 volunteers with 3,663 children. One thing that I want to ask you is, can you pray? Not right now, don't break out. But... um, Northampton are currently doing their evaluation on us and actually we'd really appreciate your prayers because this evaluation has an impact on the future of safe families in Northampton. Um, And also, prayer for the 16-year-old that I mentioned a little bit earlier. So the reason that she came to us as a referral was because um, she has nowhere else to go. Her mum had a baby four weeks ago and has turned around and said, actually, I don't have time for you anymore. You need to leave. Um, The 16-year-old is 12 weeks pregnant, so she was living at the boyfriend's house, but the boyfriend's mum has now said, actually, it's not working. We can't house you anymore. Um, So she is feeling really emotional, really isolated, and actually... She's struggling with the fact that she's pregnant. She's got nowhere to live, and she's ultimately got no friends and family around her at the minute. So please, please can you keep her in your prayers over the next few weeks. The council are looking at trying to get her housed. She's over in Kettering, so I don't know if the systems are slightly different over there, but we would really appreciate your prayers that she gets sorted and housed quite quickly. Um, 
I've, I've spoken quite a lot about how you guys can help us as Safe Families, but I now want to talk about how Safe Families helps you as a church. Now, we are partnered with you guys in a very unique way. Uh, so we have trained a couple of key volunteers in The Nest and Restore so that when we have families that are local and need that support, we can bring them into The Nest or Restore and say, this is your new family. Um, we can bring them in and say, these people are trained as safe families, so actually we can still all keep in contact about what's happening and who's doing what and what help they're getting. Um, but we're getting them connected into church and into, ultimately, family. Um, at the heart of what we do is not only our Christian principles, but the hope that we have. And we can't forget that we are bringing hope to each and every one of these families. Um, and sometimes the hope is what they crave. And it's someone to believe in them and someone to stand with them in difficult times. So... If you think that that's you, if you think in the back, there's a little voice in the back of your mind that goes, you could do that, um, in a, that exact voice, um, then please, please come and chat to Nikki or I. Um, Nikki's here almost every Sunday, so you can grab her. <laughs> I am not, however, uh, one day only. Um, so please come and chat to me after the service. Um, I'll be hanging around like a bad smell somewhere. Um, but also, if you don't have time to hang around, but fill in a card, then I will get in touch with you. We can have a chat. 